Hey everyone, Oscar here from the Better Rivals podcast. You'll notice that you've got a new episode in your feed, but it is not a traditional Better Rivals episode. What the hell is going on? Well, we're doing our best to give you content throughout the entire week. And so one of the things that we're trying is adding another show to the feed that's going to be a bit more newsy, maybe have some post-game reactions. And leading those efforts is going to be Kyle Posey. He's the editor-in-chief of NinersNation.com. So this is his first go at more of a news-type update so give it a listen and let us know your feedback either on Twitter at Better Rivals uh, and at KP underscore show, uh, or you can always go to Niners Nation and leave some comments in the article thread. So thanks, everyone. And without further ado, here is Kyle Posey with his first go at the Niners Nation podcast. Welcome to the first episode of the Niners Nation podcast. My name is Kyle Posey. You can follow me on Twitter at KP underscore show. It'll be just me today. In the future, there will be other guests. Mostly, it'll be members of our staff. Sometimes, it'll be the opposing team that the Niners play that week. It'll be just random guests here and there. We don't have a name for this podcast just yet. We need one. I don't want it to be called the Niners Nation podcast. I wanted to call it the Scarlet Jimmies, but apparently, that's not appropriate. On today's episode, we're going to recap the preseason game where the 49ers beat the Cowboys 17-9, to and we have no choice but to talk about injuries. Just a heads up, this was recorded on Sunday night, and on Monday morning, the 49ers signed Sam Young. That is going to be the swing tackle that takes place of Sean Coleman. He spent the last three seasons with the Dolphins, and in 2018, he played 121 total snaps on offense. 85 of those came at right tackle, 28 of those came as a left tackle, and the other eight, believe it or not, he played in-line tight end. And Young was drafted in 2010 from the Dallas Cowboys in the sixth round. He has 21 starts in 88 games. He's played with the Cowboys, Bills, Jaguars, and the Dolphins. You know, a lot of people brought up Justin Skule, who the Niners drafted, I believe, in the sixth round of this past draft. But, I mean, he's just not ready to be that guy just yet. And, I mean, he's a six-rounder. You can tell by just watching a few snaps of him that – He's not ready to play in the NFL. That's not really a shot at him. That's just, it is what it is. So we'll figure that out. And hopefully, you know, they're able to bring in somebody who is along the lines of Coleman. Coleman was a third rounder, I believe. So that's pretty quality backup. Uh, Other news was Elijah Lee, linebacker. And he broke his thumb, apparently. He's going to miss two weeks. He'll be back. Um, Not, you know, the, the biggest news, but it's just, seems like injuries over and over and over. Like I don't know what is in the water in Santa Clara, but uh, something is up. So with Elijah Lee being out, that will open the door, though, for some of the other younger players. And there's going to be a, a lot of guys that are going to have – that really have no choice to step up. So um, Aziz Al-Shahir is a rookie, undrafted free agent, and he plays really fast. And he had a really good game. So – but – I believe Elijah Lee played on the strong side, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, most of the 49ers linebackers, it seems, in my opinion, are just better suited for the weak side, just kind of run and chase guys. So, And, again, it's not going to be the end of the world that Lee misses time. It it might just force uh, Robert Sala to play more nickel, which is probably better suited for the today's NFL anyways. Other injuries, um, DJ Jones has a knee sprain. And he's week to week. Jimmy Ward, everybody's favorite free safety, will have x-rays this week. And they just want to see what kind of progress he's making and 
see if they can kind of get him out there and get back to practicing again. Uh, Najee Torn had something happened with his hand. I'm not exactly sure because I know he played the majority of the game, but he's fine. He'll be okay. Marcel Harris had a stinger. I, I believe that was a play where he like laid a dude out and he came out, but he's okay. Um, Malcolm Smith still has a, he's dealing with a hamstring. He should be back at some point this week. Uh, Raheem Mostert running back is in the concussion protocol. So get ready to see, I mean, especially as the preseason goes along, if they want to, you know, rest Matt Breida, see a lot of maybe Austin Walter and Brandon Wilds, just like we did on Saturday. And the other injury, obviously the biggest one of all, Trent Taylor. So Trent was, he was balling in training camp and in his practices that I was watching. He, uh, it's pretty clear that if you had to pick one receiver, even including Kittle, that Garoppolo favors Trent Taylor more than anybody else. Like that's where his eyes are going. So to be able for, for Taylor to, so there was a couple of different reports. He has a, a stress fracture, I believe it was, is, is the injury. And uh, Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee said that he had, uh, he broke his pinky toe. So he's going to be out four to six weeks. He, Shanahan said they are expecting, they're hoping that Taylor is able to return by week one. Uh, he wouldn't exactly commit, so that's the hope. You know, in if they have to sit him out through the bye even, just so he gets like an extra week, the bye is week four. He gets an extra week to fully recover. That would be big. So the good news is the 49ers don't exactly play if I'm just remembering right, they don't play a gauntlet of secondaries early on in the season. So um, they should be able to get by with Taylor, but that just means, you know, we're going to have to see more plays like we did from the rookies. And we will get into that in a little bit, but that's, that's the injury front. So man, it seemed like in a span of 20 minutes during the game, the guys are just dropping out left and right. It was, it was um, it was something else, that's for sure. But all right, uh, moving on. Let's get to the actual game. What we saw, just kind of um, who stood out, winners, losers, takeaways, all that good stuff. So I thought that Nick Mullins. You know, you're gonna think that the interception that he threw, and that was it was a bad play. There's no hiding that. But I thought he just played really well. He hung in there in the pocket. I mean, you're this is preseason and. Who, who did the 49ers have that was that will play in September and October in the regular season on their offensive line out there? I don't think there was anybody, honestly. So for him to just hang in there and take the big hits and deliver some really nice passes, uh, I thought he played really well. I, I honestly have no idea what the depth chart is when they're talking about C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins. There is a clear-cut backup quarterback, and that is Mullins. I, man, I, I don't understand. I don't think that Beathard should be on the roster. I, I understand it is preseason and you're going to carry three, four quarterbacks. But if it comes down to it, and especially given the injuries, three quarterbacks is not the way to go. And, and Moans, I don't know. He, I just think really highly of him. And this is all obviously based on an undrafted free agent knowing, you know, what, 
his status, like his draft status and where he came from. So for what he is, Nick Mullins is very, very good. And obviously the rookie, I thought all of the rookies were very, very good. Debo Samuel had a, towards the end of the game, speaking of Beathard, that he ran a double move, got past the cornerback, was probably 10 yards in front of him, but he had to slow down for the ball. I believe he ended up getting a pass interference on the play. Should have been a touchdown. Should have been a walk-in touchdown, but here we are with quarterback problems. Uh, Jalen Hurd was the star of the game, no doubt about it. So he caught two touchdowns. He won the first one, was, you know, a little Shanahan special play action, crosses the middle of the field, wide open, and you kind of see just the dog in Hurd where he just refused to go down. Big, strong, good luck secondary he's going to be bigger than the majority of people trying to tackle him when he's in space and that's what makes him so dangerous because he's just not going to go down on first contact he ran through one tackle and dragged another guy into the end zone uh the most impressive one was that fade he caught because that looked easy and he wasn't it wasn't really a contest it was a good ball and he just went up and got it he spun away from the defender, protected the ball. Just a really good play by Hurd. Make it look routine. And that's what I think was uh, was good to see. And the other good thing about the plays that Hurd made, they both those touchdowns came in the red zone. And we, we talked about it all offseason, how the 49ers really struggled to score in the red zone. So seeing those plays and seeing him fight on one play and then just making a simple fade route look easy. That's good to see. And his other catch was a screen. It was towards the end of the, I believe it was towards the end of the second quarter. It it wasn't a meaningful play at all, but you you still you saw that that fight in herd, just trying to, um, just refusing to go down. So that was good. Uh, obviously, Mitch Wisnowski, the punter, Pat Holloway's favorite player on the roster. Uh, he, I mean, there's, what what does there say about him? He's a punter. He's he did his job. He, I think, at one point in the third quarter, he was averaging. Uh, he, he had five kicks and he averaged 49 yards a kick. I forgot what he finished up with, but um, yeah, I mean, he looked good. He's he's doing his job. One, he had a 64 yarder that I'm sure he would have loved if it was a 44 yarder because it just just hit the um just hit the the out of bounds line in the end zone there but yeah it was a good it was a good game for him it was a good game for honestly all the rookies and we can't talk about rookies without getting to Dre Greenlaw who man he looked he just looked fast and when I was watching the 49ers last year just catching up on all the games trying to get a feel for the team one of the things I noticed was that the team speed was lacking and I feel like that caused them to not be able to make plays in space and that allowed offenses to have big plays. So Greenlaw finished with six tackles. One was he had a highlight play that he just kind of sniffed out and he, he essentially, he almost met the the ball carrier in the backfield as he was receiving the pitch. It was a really nice play. Just beat the lineman to the spot. I think it was a tackle of loss of four in the backfield. The other play that I was really impressed with was when it was near the goal line. Dallas was driving, and Greenlaw drops in his zone and doesn't fall for, like, 
doesn't fall for the underneath, gets depth, and then closes, but closes in a hurry. Closes like Dallas's linebackers, LVE and Jalen Smith would. It was a really, really nice play. I think it was a gain of one or two, but that was not on the roster last year. And I think that's a man, just just watching him, it is going to be very difficult to keep him on the field. I I can't imagine a situation if the 49ers spread it out where Greenlaw is not one of the better player, better options to be on the field. And he's going to have some rough, rough plays. He's going to have some, some hiccups, some brain farts. And he had one. And ironically enough, it was a play that he sees every day in practice where it's just a play action and the tight end comes from the other side. He fell for it and he just, he let the tight end or the receiver behind him. And they honestly, like I, all I did during the, the last week's training camp was just watch the defense and watch kind of their preparation. And they have a, a specific period where they practice routes on air against, you know, just like scout team players. And they run that play multiple times. And sure enough, that got him. But I mean, if, if we're going to nitpick and, and say he had a bad game because he, he, a rookie messed up in his first game in one play, that's just not how it works. So, yeah, I thought, Honestly, most of the rookies played well. Even Aziz, the uh, that undrafted free agent linebacker, who's going to have a chance now. He's flying around. He had a he had a big hit where he snipped out a screen as well. So I thought the rookies played well. I think that there are going to um, Jalen Hurd and Debo Samuel are going to put the pressure on these other receivers to step up in the conference call on Sunday. Kyle Shanahan said that the receivers are evenly matched. He wants to see somebody separate. He wants to see somebody, you know, kind of make a name for themselves. And that just hasn't happened yet. It's been a roller coaster, I guess, is the best way to put it. The first week of camp was the Richie James show. Last week, he was just like, he was AWOL. He didn't do anything. Kyle Shanahan, I don't know if there's a relation to Kendrick Bourne, but he loves that dude. And Bourne did not have a good game. There's no no real other way to put it. He had, a, he had a bad drop on one of those throws where Mullins got hit. Like he stood in there, hit, took a hit, hit, hit Bourne in stride and didn't matter. Uh, Bourne just dropped it. He, I don't know if, I mean, jitters or whatever it was first game, but he just didn't seem, I, I guess the best way to put it is he didn't seem like he was just focused and ready to play. Um, he had another route where the receiver or the cornerback, Dallas's cornerback, just kind of ran stride for stride with him and broke up. A, it was in like a deep out route, I believe. Um, yeah, just born, born will bounce back, I imagine, but he he doesn't really have a choice. And I feel like every time that Shanahan mentions the wide receiver group on somebody stepping up, he's not talking about Richie James. He's not talking about Kendrick Bourne. He's not talking about. Jordan Matthews or the the rookies, he's talking about Dante Pettis. And during camp, these these last honestly, these last couple of weeks, something is something is different with Pettis. And I do not mean that in a good way. There's been sort of like a running joke with just some of the beat writers. And we've been talking that it, it's it seems like whenever somebody gets a hand on Pettis, he's going to drop the ball which isn't true. He's made plenty of contested plays. He's made plenty of plays in general. He like, I think he's going to be very good. I think he's going to have a good season, but 
he's in a funk. I don't know if it's him adjusting to playing at his new weight. I don't know what what is up, but it just it just doesn't seem like the Dante Pettis we saw when he was on the field in the regular season last year, and when he was just in college. I mean, he's still very very young, but yeah, it seemed like it was either hit or miss. It was either all or nothing with the receivers because James, who had a rough drop to start, I thought he bounced back well. He made the most of all his other opportunities. He caught all his other six passes. I think it was it wasn't for too many yards, but I mean, he just he caught the ball, and that's what you need, obviously, as a wide receiver. Um, so yeah, the receivers, eh, questionable outside of the rookies, but it's I mean it's one game. Next week against Denver, Pettis could go for a hundred yards. Bourne could go for 50. There could be big plays. Maybe that, remember that long play towards the end of the game where Sean Poindexter goes up. And I feel like if he's going to make this roster or be stashed away in the practice squad or just have a chance in the league at his height, at his size, those are the plays that he's going to have to make. So we'll see. And like I mentioned, all these guys could bounce back and we could be on back on the Pettis bandwagon and back on all these guys, hyping them up again. So, um, yeah, offensive-wise, I thought, you know, there. I mean, what, was it 18 penalties? These guys were the refs. We'll get to the refs later, but they were just not very good. Uh, defensively, up front, I was actually pretty impressed. I thought the defensive line played really well. I thought they got a good amount of pressure. I don't think you can talk about the defensive line without talking about Demontre Moore, who was signed from after starring in the AAF, was cut and was signed again. He was everywhere on, if you remember early in the game, I think it was like the third, the third or fourth play, where Emmanuel Mosley was flagged for that pass interference. Uh, Demontre Moore actually beat his man and hit the quarterback on that play. And that, I was like, whoa. He looks legit. And that wasn't the only play. He finished the game with um, three quarterback hits, I believe. He had, I think PFF had him for six total, quote unquote, pressures. He also had three stops, which is essentially a loss for the offense. When I And you'll hear me mention stops all the time because, I mean, tackles are tackles. Tackles don't mean much if you have 15 tackles in a game, but 11 of them were seven yards down the field. You did not make an impact. So. Yeah, stops stops matter, and Demontre Moore did just that. But it wasn't just Moore. The whoever they just signed, just I feel like it was Friday or Saturday. There's been so many moves that they're all running together. But Jeremiah Velagia, he had two sacks. That was nice. Uh, they were getting pressure. I mean, Robert Sala was dialing it up. The later, like the the further the game went along, it was just like he was Sala was whatever. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to send the house and make Dallas beat us deep. And it seemed like they just couldn't do that consistently. And in the preseason, nobody's going to be able to do that consistently because it's all backups playing. So 49ers, I think they have the team speed finally to be able to send the house, even though speaking of Mosley, he actually had one where he got a free run at the quarterback was not able to bring him down. And I'm sure that he was kicking himself after that, but, I know Antoine Exum had a big play at the end of the game where it was essentially the same blitz. and He got there and had a nice sack. Roy Reynolds was another linebacker. 
Um, he didn't even play that much, but he had that sack fumble. They were they were getting after it. Um, it was it was good to see it. So I would say that the defensive line was pretty good, and I think we were all really interested to see what Kentavious Street did. Um, he didn't um he didn't have any like flash flash plays like fancy plays, but he was out there a lot, and he was just, he's a guy that has high energy and. You know, they're going to need that. So they, they I think the preseason for the 49ers defense specifically is going to be find out who that who can be that other rusher. If Demontre Moore is able to contribute, honestly, five or six plays a game where he just flashes in the backfield, that will be more than enough. Assuming you have a healthy D Ford and Nick Bosa, obviously. Um so, yeah, I'm interested to see just how next week goes as far as will more play with the starters? Will Kentavious Street play with the starters and will he look fine? Will um, will Antoine Exum jump over Adrian Colbert or Marcel Harris just in the safety rotation? And I, and I know that Exum just plays free safety. Speaking of those two safeties, if we're, if we're going to talk um, – losers quote unquote or just guys that you know need to step up on the defensive side I thought Colbert and Harris did not play well I know Harris had a he had a flash play near the line of scrimmage but there there are plays where him and Colbert I think they're just like a step late in coverage and and that's it's not like it's nothing new Um, I just think that I don't know if they're not trusting what they see or what is it but they are, it seems like they're better suited near the line of scrimmage, which is great, but this is a pass happy league and teams are going to pass what, like, what would you, 60, 70% of the time and they're going to be spread out. So you, if you can't cover, it's going to be tough for you to see the field. And I think with, if, and it probably sounds like an overreaction, but if Colbert and Harris can't do that, what I mean, what is their what is their value on the roster? Which is why I like giving a guy like Tavares Moore as many reps as possible. Um, more he has the upside, and I've been talking, I've been hammering that home all off season because I really do think he is going to be very good. He and it might not be this year. He might have some rough spells. He's not going to look like. He's not going to be Ed Reed this year. Let's let's face it. But he's going to make I think he's going to make plenty of plays, especially once the actual defense is out there. And just once he starts to see things, once he gets comfortable with route route concepts and whatnot. But I don't know, man, he uh, he just has there's so much athleticism and so much awareness already that it's hard to imagine him not being a good player. So I think I believe he played all but seven of the snaps. I think he came back in when Colbert got ejected later on in the game. And he had a dumb penalty too, Moore did, where he he pushed the guy out of bounds, he gave the offense free 15 yards, and he didn't have to do that. There's no reason to do that. But I want to see how, how these younger guys are going to develop. So that'll be that'll be something to watch. But, um, yeah, I – I really was impressed by the defensive line, and I, I want to see – I'm not going to be at the joint practices, but Shanahan mentioned that's going to be a lot more valuable than the preseason game, and he, he wouldn't even commit to 
how long or if the starters will play next Monday. So, I mean, the joint practice, you're going to say a lot. Um, it'll be nice for them, I imagine, in practice to get two full days of just getting getting a look at, you know, Chris Harris, for example, great, great cornerback. He's going to go against Dante Pettis. Um, Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey going up against Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb. There are going to be matchups all over the field where the 49ers can really get better. So that'll be good. Um, I want to go over some, and these are going to be brief, by the way. I'm not going to, you know, keep you guys around for too long. We're just going to hammer home about what we saw in the games. And obviously, uh, I did mention about the refs. So uh, 23 total penalties. If that was a regular season game, that would have the, the yardage for the 49ers would have been a record. Uh, the, the previous penalty yardage was, or the record was like, I think it's 206 or something like that. The 49ers had 18 penalties <laughs> for 216 yards, which, okay. Some of those penalties were BS, no doubt about it. The one on Dante Johnson, who, nope, I'm not a fan, just like you, not sure why he's here. Still, that said, what did he do wrong on that play? What is he supposed to do? Or on the first one, uh, one of the Cowboys fans were, was arguing with me on the Mosley, the Mosley pass interference, and I am a DB guy, and I will always side with the defensive back. There, I think it was Gallup, Michael Gallup the Cowboys receiver put his arm out to like push him. Mosley goes to swipe his hand away, push him off. And his hand gets like, they get caught in a hand fighting battle and he gets called for a flag. And I understand that he didn't re look back, but as a defensive back, you're taught to not look back until you're in phase or even with the receiver. So why would he look back? All it's going to do is slow him down. Bad call. Uh, there were there were a handful of bad calls where it honestly seemed like the refs were trolling at one point. 18 to 5 is a crazy discrepancy, but whatever. It's preseason, and I I have a hard time believing that it'll ever be that lopsided in the game. Uh, the good news for the defense, getting back to the game here quick, they held Dallas to four yard four point yards per play, which is really really good. Dallas had under 300 total yards, and I am not a total yards guy at all, but I imagine that's probably one of their goals to keep them under that. Also, big for the defense, Dallas made the red zone four times, made it to the red zone four times, did not score a touchdown. So that's a, that's a big one for the 49ers. I know it's the preseason, and I know that you know, certain people aren't playing. is not playing, and you know their best players aren't playing, but I mean, the they had the majority of their first team offense out there when the 49ers had the, all their backups and they couldn't punch it in. So that's a good sign, despite, you know, not having the, um, the Bosa, Ford, Fred Warner, you know, Sherman, all their best players out there. Um, if if we want to stop it here, or just MVP of the game, I feel like it, it has to be heard, right? He had two touchdowns and touchdowns matter, obviously, but as I mentioned, red zone touchdowns, that that's a big deal. Defensive MVP, oh man, I it I won't say Dre Greenlaw. I do I I would give it to DeMonte Moore just because so he was playing essentially all game. He started and he was still out there when Dallas was 
you know, driving towards the end of the game. So he played like a full game and he was making plays in the first quarter and he was making plays in the fourth quarter. He had that one play towards the end of the game where I believe he had a, a stop where he beat a blocker, beat a guy towards, um, beat somebody pulling lineman or whatever it was. And he made a play in the backfield. So that was good to see, man. So 17-9, Niners pull it out. Denver on deck, and I, I, I really think that um, just there will be some changes, and he, Kyle Shanahan wouldn't completely commit to you know what those changes would be. Uh, we asked him on Sunday, you know, is Debo going to play more? Is Jalen Hurd going to play more? Are they going to be mixed in with Jimmy Garoppolo? He wouldn't say anything, but the way that he made it sound because the plan was actually before Trent Taylor got hurt, he was he was going to rest anyways because he wanted, Shanahan said he wanted to see these guys play. He was going to rest Goodwin and Taylor. So I wonder if that'll be the case again on Monday, next Monday against the Broncos. But yeah, what's going on with Jordan Matthews? And I tried to ask that question today, but I didn't get an answer. Matthews only played like seven snaps, I believe it was. So either there's nothing that they want to see out of him or is he the odd man out? Who knows? Um, Matthews is usually good for one play in practice. And he it's funny because he will let you know about that play. Like he, I remember he got a touchdown, I think it was Thursday, and he was just jawing all up and down the sideline. And he, he honestly did nothing else. But uh, pretty hilarious. I am excited to see the offensive line play at the starters. I want to see how they look against Denver's pass rush because, you know, Denver's known for getting after the quarterback and being aggressive. So hopefully we get to see at least a few series of the, the 49ers starting offense against the, that Denver pass rush. Other than that, man, we're going to, we're going to figure out, we're going to find out, you know, who, who the 49ers bring in with all the, with the injuries we're getting closer and closer, I, I believe, to, you know, the, the other teams making cuts. Um, hasn't been any too, any surprising cuts just yet. But, you know, I imagine with that waiver wire, the 49ers have that second waiver wire. And they, they are in a position to to get some good players if, if somebody is released. So we'll see. We'll get there. But I think that's all for me today, guys. So Niners win 17-9. And we will be back next Monday. Take care.